stepping outside this morning, far from miserably cold. It is February, and we're still ah, abnormally, well, warmer than it normally is this time of the year. Sure, there's some fresh snow coming our way here today, but uh, certainly this mild trend of single-digit highs and overnight lows that don't really get much worse than minus 8 or 9 will continue for a few more days here. The long range still looking uh, pretty, pretty warm, considering it's February. Lots of wildlife, of course, spotted within the city a lot easier these days. A couple weeks ago, I was uh, up early coming to work and... Coyote was right on the uh, the corner, the intersection on the east side of the city as I was waiting for the red light to turn over. And that made me think, hmm, if you're a pet owner with a little dog in the area uh, and concerned when you let the dog outside, what would you do? And plus, it also gives me a chance to tell you all about Salt Haven Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, which uh, is run by Angela Trapka. And uh, she joins me now. Welcome to the show. How are you, Angela? I'm good. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Well, it's my pleasure. I wanted to shed a little light on what it is you do. Yes, we've been rehabilitating wildlife from across southern Saskatchewan um, for their return to the wild since 2014. So we release healthy wild animals back into their natural environment. And we also do some education with communities on how we can coexist with wildlife within our communities. And you do this within pretty much a a house, right? You don't have like a giant building full of wildlife, do you? No, right now, um, and for the past 10 years, we've been in a 600-square-foot facility in the basement of a residential house. And we've been very innovative and creative with the space um, over the years, but um, right now we're kind of in a dire situation. We can't operate in this space for another increasingly busy summer because each year we seem to be getting more and more wildlife that's in of help. And you've got something like 30 bats at the moment. Yes, we do. So we've got about 70 patients in our care in total. Um, anything from small songbirds like common red poles, larger birds like canvasback ducks and great horn owls. And then we've got mammals like um, 30 bats. <laughs> are people bringing you these birds and bats or how are you finding the, this wildlife? Yes, we rely on the community to call us when they come across wildlife that they perceive might be injured or orphaned or displaced. Um, We always ask that folks call us first before intervening because we help navigate through that situation. We'll ask a variety of descriptive questions to understand the situation. And our number one rule is never to provide food or water to injured or orphaned wildlife. We do that um, once they come into our care. Give us an example recently of uh, someone with something Thing that was walked through your door. Absolutely. So window collisions is a really big one. One billion birds fatally collide with windows in North America annually, and we get a lot of window collisions. Angela Tremka, my guest from Salt Haven. I've noticed a lot of, um, do you call them coyotes or coyotes? Uh, coyotes. Okay. All right. I've noticed a lot of them entering our city lately. What should you do? It is common to encounter wildlife like coyotes in the city, especially in the wintertime when frozen waterways provide those additional travel routes. Coyotes are really important for a healthy ecosystem. They're super superpower is keeping those rodent populations under control, and that's really helpful for us. Coyotes normally tend to avoid us, but there is something that we can do. It's called humane hazing. It's a very successful method of negative association that will safely encourage wildlife like coyotes
societies to move away from humans. So what this could look like is standing tall, making yourself big, waving your arms, and using noisemakers like pots and pans or your voice until the coyote runs away. I know some dog owners with little dogs that worry about them on the outskirts of town where they live. Is that a problem? That shouldn't be a problem. To respect our wildlife, keeping our pets on on a leash in all public spaces is recommended unless it's a specified off-leash area. But the coyotes are mainly um, going after small rodents. As long as we're keeping our dogs uh, with us on a leash, they should be safe. How are you guys doing there at South Haven West Wildlife Rehabilitation Centre? Are you guys fundraising right now to get larger? We are. We have recently begun our largest fundraising endeavor. We've been doing it for about a year now um, for a facility that suits our needs and the needs of wildlife in Saskatchewan. As I had mentioned, we're not able to um, spend another summer in this 600-square-foot facility basement. Um, We need to get out of there into a larger space. We get 1,400 wildlife patients in our care every single year, and we rely specifically on community donations to do the work that we do. If you visit our social media or our Facebook, um, you can see all of the different things that we're up to and uh, and help us out in any ways you can. We also have Amazon wish list that's always helpful with different items that we're seeking for our clinic and our wildlife. I wish that many will uh pick up the phone and uh, offer you what they can and donate and uh, you're doing a great uh, service to our community and just want to shed a little light on it so thanks for joining me here this morning oh thank you so much i really appreciated this Rider Nation, you got to be impressed with what's been happening behind the scenes at the uh, Rider office uh, with our new head coach, Corey Mace, behind the scenes. They've uh, reportedly come to terms with running back A.J. Willette. He is a two-time East Division All-Star, more than 1,000 yards on the ground last season with the Argos. And uh, it's that association with our new coach that brought him here, I guess. That is, that's a big one again. And uh, Jameer Thurman, expected to be in the green and white, too. He was with Hamilton last year, middle linebacker. They are uh, really doing what they can to uh, stack this team as best as they possibly can. So far, I like the signings by the Riders. Looking good. Look good for Oilers fans early last night in Las Vegas. Connor McDavid scoring, courtesy of uh, an assist from Dreisaitl there. They'd go up 1-0. Knights would score late in the first, make it 1-1, take it to the second. And uh, the Oilers, man, they peppered Aiden Hill of the Knights there in net with shots. 18-6 in the second period were the shots. But in the third, the Knights would go up 2-1. And uh, could the Oilers do it? Could they come back and win and keep the streak alive? No, the goaltender again, Aiden Hill, just was outstanding. And uh, former Pat Chandler Stevenson got an empty netter, and the Knights win three to one. So the streak ends at sixteen. They couldn't tie Pittsburgh, which uh, leads with seventeen wins in a row from the uh, early nineties. I think it was about ninety-two. Pittsburgh did that. Uh, Coach Knobloch after the game said he liked what he saw even after the loss. Unfortunately, we came up a little short. I think a big turning point in the game was the um, late goal that they scored in the uh, first period. And then just for us, just missed opportunities, whether it was goal posts or the goalie coming up big or missing, a, you know, maybe an empty net. But I think the...
Usher, who is the halftime show at Super Bowl in Las Vegas this weekend. And uh, there's a lot of prop bets where you can uh, bet actually on what the first song will be from Usher. You got to think that song is going to be in the set place. They have 12 minutes to perform artists at uh, Super Bowl. And no, they don't get paid. It is true. Artists do it for the exposure. That alone is worth it. Often uh, sales of their albums and singles just soar. Like 200, 300% more in uh, album sales and single sales. That's why they do it. Great exposure. Usher is uh, actually going to be launching a new tour and album himself in conjunction with his appearance. So he's taking advantage of it. And he lives full-time in Las Vegas now, Usher as well. But he has, he has a residency there that is sold out every time he performs. And he's got a ton of hits, ton of Grammys. Some people might roll their eyes thinking, Usher, halftime show, what's that going to be like? I think he's going to impress you for sure. And the hype has begun in Vegas with Super Bowl. I, I can't believe it. They had more than 30,000 fans purchase tickets just to hang out in the stands, listening to the players be interviewed. On the big screen, you could watch. It's all part of the NFL hype. And uh, there's this 11-year-old who lives in Las Vegas who caught my attention. The NFL, in fact, loved this kid. His name is Jeremiah Fennell, 11 years old. And he was the best interviewer of all, I think. Listen to how composed this young man is. 11 years old, interviewing the 49ers' Travis Kelsey. 11-year-old local journalist here in Las Vegas, Nevada, okay. and I'm here with the NFL Network. It's nice to honor such a pleasure to be speaking to you. It's a pleasure to meet you. Okay. Very well-spoken, man. Thank you. So my first question to you is, oh, every season, social media has been buzzing about your touchdown celebrations, whether okay. it's the stanky leg in the Super Bowl, <laughs> the heart in the air in the AFC Championship, or a choreographed dance in the end zone. So can we expect any surprise celebrations in your first touchdown in the Super Bowl? And if so, will they be solo or as a team? i got to start thinking about it. I haven't thought about it quite yet. Who knows? Maybe during the uh, red zone period in practice, I'll, I'll I'll test out a few. You got any good ones for me? You got any requests? <laughs> Honestly, no. Come on. What would you do if you got in the end zone? I mean, as a football, I, I really just do a spike. I don't really try to do any okay. crazy celebrations. Spike is electric. I'm with that. <laughs> He's much more modest than Travis. <laughs> he just do a spike. 11 years old, mixing and mingling with all the uh, NFL superstars, and he was not afraid at all. And he knows his stuff. He's a pretty sharp kid. You can't even stump him as uh, players even uh, jokingly tried to yesterday. You're going to see a lot more of him uh, on Super Bowl Sunday in the pregame hype, too. They've uh, they've used him a few times and intend to uh, bring him back. Hey, a 30-second ad for this year's Super Bowl, by the way, costs $7 million. And a lot of the new ads, you can just Google and see most of them that'll run. A few will are being held back for Sunday's game, but uh, that's what they do now. They don't, you don't have to wait. You can see them often online in advance. And for days after, there are websites that just show nothing but all the commercials. Taylor Swift is in Tokyo performing all week, and uh, yeah, they say she's going to make it back in time to see her man at Super Bowl Sunday, and 
Uh, I'm more on Taylor and the connection to Toby Keith here for a moment. But as you know, yesterday we told you about the death of country superstar Toby Keith. He passed away at the age of 62 from cancer, stomach cancer. Uh, a month ago, he gave an interview that he was quite at peace with his diagnosis, even when he was told uh, over a year ago. Oh, yeah. I finally got to a point in the spring. I was diagnosed in October of 21, and I was going through all the chemo and the first time I'd been through chemo and radiation surgery. And I just got to a point where I was comfortable with whatever happened. I had my brain wrapped around it, and I was in a good spot either way. So people without faith don't have that. Toby Keith, uh, in an interview he gave about a month ago, Regina's Troy Volhofer, who is, uh, well, he's the CEO of Country Thunder, Craven. Country Thunder, they have several, uh, Arizona, Wisconsin, it's all over uh, North America now. It's quite the industry, but uh, Troy lives in Nashville and shared with us exclusively that just before his cancer diagnosis, he had met up with Toby Keith and uh, heard about a dream he was working on. He's one of the greatest entertainers out there. And, you know, the guy played shows and shows and shows and was an amazing guy. I was at his house in Mexico, in Cabo, about a year, two years ago prior to the cancer diagnosis. He was telling me they wanted to do, how do we do 365 shows in 365 days? And I'm like, you're kidding me. We were, you know, we were kind of hanging out and having a few beers and, I'm like, that, that's impossible. And he's like, no, here's how we're going to do it. He had it all planned out and all sketched out, and it was pretty neat. And I think if his health would have, uh, would have stayed in check, I think he would have been able to make that goal. And if you're thinking, hey, I saw Toby Keith at Craven, you're right, you did. He was there a couple of times. Volhofer recalls, too, how after his main stage appearance at Craven, he wanted to keep going. He was quite a character. I mean, you know, he, after he played a gig, he, he always wanted to play the beer garden. After he was done the main stage, always wanted to play beer ground, which he actually did uh, once, and then came backstage uh, and bartended for uh, all of our staff till, till like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> on our closing night. Yeah, he's a character. He's a great guy. Like we were doing the show in Wisconsin. My daughter is an aspiring musician. She was playing uh, the circus tent. As soon as the set was over, he was like, let's go see your daughter. And he was there right till the end of her set. I was like, he was that supportive of a guy. He was a great guy. We're Janice Troy Volhofer, who uh, now lives in Nashville and He's so connected with so many country superstars. His neighbor, by the way, is uh, Tim McGraw. So, uh, yeah, he was a friend of Toby Keith who played Craven twice. If not for Toby Keith, we may not have ever gotten to Taylor Swift. You see, back in 2005, 15-year-old Taylor Swift went to Nashville writing her own songs, hoping someone would listen to them, and Toby Keith did. So, So much so that... He signed her to his record label at the time. And here's a young Taylor Swift, 15 years old, describing the moment and back in the beginning of her career. You're in the room with him and you can feel it. There's a power there. And you're just like, oh, my God. So I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I won't see him and be like, oh, my God, that's Toby Key. In fact, Toby talked about Taylor several years later in an interview that he thinks she was pro- probably one of the best songwriters he is, uh, he's come across. I mean, Taylor Swift's probably the best female songwriter that's come along in the last 20 years. Toby Keith, 62 years old, and even today, still a lot of comments on social media from artists sharing memories and uh, sadness about the passing of Toby Keith. He was quite the character and quite the patriot, no doubt about it. And some people are knocking Taylor Swift this morning for not having yet tweeted or shared anything at all about Toby Keith on social media. Now, his passing happened while she was in flight to Tokyo. Let's let's face it. There's that. 
There are some who speculate maybe they had some sort of a falling out, and that's why she hasn't. So uh, let the speculation go on and on, as it always does on social media. But uh, still, Toby Keith had a prominent role in the career of launching Taylor Swift. CJME News Time Now is 826.